The Exorcist by William P. Blatty Dramatised by Robert Forrest Part 1 We can talk in here, Lieutenant. Ah, yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Carl will be here in a minute. Would you like a drink? Uh, Thank you, Mrs. McNeil, but no... Not even coffee this time. I, I kept you too long last time. Far too long. Your daughter? Reagan. Reagan. <clears throat> she's still not well. I can tell. It's in your eyes. Uh, forgive me. You haven't been sleeping. Not much. Uh, Lieutenant, if this is more about the night Burke died, I really don't know what else we can tell you. Burke Dennings. A wonderful director. As English as David Lean and as sly as Orson Welles. Was he as difficult as both? Burke was a dream to work with. He was gentle and patient and told schoolboy jokes. But off stage, off the set, relaxing, refreshed. Yes, when he was drinking, he could be difficult. In fact, well, he could be mean. It's gossip. It's intrusive. Who can resist gossip? Not a lieutenant in the homicide division. But there's something different. Different how? How indeed. I got it. The clock. That beautiful clock on the wall. It stopped. It does that. It needs rewinding. No, I don't think so. You have to call in an expert. It's temperamental. You wish to see me, ma'am? Uh, yes, Carl. The lieutenant has a few more questions for you. Details only, Mr. Anstrom. I am happy to provide them, sir. The night Mr. Dennings died... You were at the movies. Poor Schofield in King Lear. It was excellent. Well, Schofield is excellent. Mm. But the film, I... (laughs) Never mind. Now, it's to do with time. With the times of your journey home. As exact as you remember. Carl's times are always exact. I saw the six o'clock showing at the crest. The film lasts just over two hours. I am not sure about the minutes. I took a bus then from the front of the theatre to Wisconsin Avenue, 9.20 perhaps. I walked from there to here. I arrived at 9.30 exactly. I remember. I glanced at my watch. Admirable. Impressive. Uh, Thank you, sir. Uh, That is all? That's all, Mr. Angstrom. Thank you, Carl. Every detail fits, like carpentry, like a well-constructed screenplay. At the time of Mr. Denning's death, you were in the consultation with your doctor, the results of tests for your daughter, your secretary was at the pharmacy, medication for the same patient, your servant Carl was at the movies, his wife, your housekeeper, saw a movie that night too. Which one of us did you have doubts about? Ah, uh, now, Mrs. McNeil, doubt, as you say, it's the job. Sometimes when I don't feel doubt, I have to act doubtful. Burke was here. He was supposed to look after the place until one or other of us got back. For some reason, he left. He may well have forgotten why he was here in the first place. He was drunk. He fell down the steps out there, all the way down to M Street. Isn't that what happened? Well, he was not robbed. Those steps are very steep. It's a long, long way to the bottom. But the nature of the injuries, the the, the severity... Please, Lieutenant, not too much detail. It's all right, really, it is. 
It was heavy, Mrs. McNeil. Yes, a cabinet. I think that's what it was. It must have been. Call him Billy. They're they're moving some furniture around. Accidents happen. Mm -hmm. The home is the most dangerous place in the world for accidents. Ah, yes. (laughs) Temperamental. It does that. Well, I trouble you and yours no more. Your daughter, I wish her well. Thank you. You're keeping her out of drafts like I advised. Of course. And you have the best of doctors. Well, I hope they're the best. They're certainly numerous. But we may have to try another... Something new. Someone new. I am not fit, Father. I am unfit for the work. I'm a priest and a psychiatrist, but I should not be a counselor to these young men. Damien, you're the most popular counselor the university's ever had. Yesterday, one came to me with the old question about loving his neighbor. Some of his neighbors are junkie hustlers who would kill for a pair of shoes, let alone a fix. It is an old question, and you know the answer. God does not ask of us what is psychologically impossible. The love God demands is not an emotion, it is an act of will. We must act with love. Yes, Father President, I've been trained to know the answers and in how to give them. It's not like you to sound the cynical note, Damien. I'm sorry, but I want to transfer. A teaching post, psychiatry in New York if possible, then I'd be closer to my mother. I can't decide that alone. I'll have to talk to the bishop, and and he thinks very highly of your work. Please tell the bishop that I know, I know it as surely as I felt my vocation when I was 18. I should not be a counselor. And if God, or the bishop, demands that act of love from you... Father, when they come to me about sex or loneliness, all that I can deal with. But when they come to me with questions of faith, I am not the one to help them. I'm not fit. I can't even meet their eye. Father, Father, can you help an old Arthur boy? Enough for train fare and uh, maybe a cup of coffee? I have about a dollar fifty on me. I need it for train fare too. You could spare a few cents. Charity, Father. Compassion. I'm a Catholic. I swear I am. I'm truly sorry. What, what are you saying? You got nothing but prayers for me? That all you can offer? Our father who art in poverty? Ah, look at you. Staring straight ahead. Hey, I'm over here. I'm right here, father. Dying of it all. And a dying man needs a drink. Help an old doctor, boy. would have thought you'd turn out a priest. The kind of boy you were? Mama, we need to stop talking about the past. We need to talk about now, the future. Good stories in the past. Even when I was out selling plastic flowers on clothes packs, there was always good stories. Even when you were out breaking windows, breaking heads. Why do you do this, Dimmy? I used to say. Why do you do this to me? You remember I used to say that? Still, You straightened out. That's right, I studied. And there was all that exercising and running and boxing. Oh, Jesus, save us. The hoodlums that hung out in that gym. Listen, before I forget, uh, here's a 20. I'll put it here in your purse. Keep your eye on the soup. Don't let it boil. You just gotta gently warm it through. No boiling. 
Mrs. Corelli, two flights down. She's gone. What about her 18 cats? I was sure I could still smell them. Why do you do this to me, Dimmy? <laughs> I must have said that a million Has times. Has your nurse been in this week? And then that plaque thing appears on your wall. What plaque? You don't remember? It was just there one morning on your bedroom wall. What's he stealing now, I thought. Why would I steal a plaque? What was it? Big red cross in the middle, writing top and bottom. My brother is in pain. I share his pain. Dear God. I meet God in him. I got that right? I haven't thought about that for years. See? Good stuff in the past. <laughs> and now here I am. Mary Karras, my boy Dimmy is a priest. I'm a doctor, too. Kinda. Yeah. Kind of a doctor. But an all-the-way priest. And still you manage to burn the soup! Just keep moving, creeper. I'll call a cop. Miss McNeil? I'm Father Karras. Oh, Jesus, so you are. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I should have warned you I wouldn't be in uniform. But you seem to want this meeting to be... Uh... Inconspicuous, yes. Can we walk a little? Sure. You're wondering why I asked to meet with you. You, in particular, I mean, not just any priest. Yes, I'm wondering that. I got your name from Father Dyer. He's a friend of yours, right? Joe is an excellent friend. He was at a party of mine. I know. He told me you'd virtually promised to make him a star. Joe's idea of heaven is a black-and-white Fred and Ginger nightclub. He's on piano and the angels adore him. Did he tell you about my daughter? No. He didn't tell you what she did? He didn't mention her. I didn't know you had a daughter. There was a, an astronaut there. Reagan told him he was never going to make it back from the moon. He was going to die out there. Then she peed on the sitting room floor. Let's sit down. You mind if I smoke? No, not at all. I'm a smoker myself. Here, let me. That's, uh, that's quite a breeze. You're kind. There's no breeze. I, uh, I asked your friend about you because I'd already seen you, noticed you on the campus. You were talking to a younger priest, your hand on his shoulder. Yeah, I'm a counselor. I really, I really noticed you. You looked compassionate, human. <laughs> I'm certainly human. And I know you're a psychiatrist. How does a psychiatrist get to be a priest? It was the other way around. The Society of the Jesuits, they sent me through medical school training. Where? Harvard, Johns Hopkins, Bellevue. The best? We don't take a vow of intellectual poverty. And how do you go about getting an exorcism? If someone is possessed by the devil or some kind of demon, if that person needs an exorcist, you know? Yes, I know. And first of all, you'd need a time machine. You'd have to go back to the 15th century. What do you mean? It doesn't happen anymore, Miss McNeil. 
Not since we learned to understand mental illness, paranoia, hysteria. All the things they taught me at Harvard. Since the day I joined the Jesuits, I've never met a priest, not one, who's performed an exorcism. It's my daughter. She's 12. She needs an exorcist. She needs psychiatric care, Miss McNeil. The best clinic and the best doctors you can find. Don't give me that. Don't give me more of that bullshit. I'm up to here with it. Sick of it. I've been to every goddamn doctor in America, every goddamn psychiatrist. It was one of your head shrink buddies who sent me to you, and now you send me back to them? No. No more. And my daughter, Karis. It's my 12-year-old daughter, and she needs your help. I need it. Miss McNeil, I... Please. Help us. If you can tell me about the onset of the illness... There's something I want you to hear and see. Sharon? Well, I suppose the first really weird thing was the Ouija board. She'd always play with it on her own, asking Mr. Howdy questions. Mr. Who? Mr. Howdy. Her imaginary playmate, or so we thought. Another thing that puzzled me was the math. I mean, she'd never been great at it, but now she was just hopeless. As well as being my secretary, Sharon's a tutor for Reagan. Oh, that's way too good a word. I help her keep up. Yeah, we move around a lot. Sometimes Reagan has to miss school, and of course her father's never around. We're separated. Divorce on the way, hallelujah, free at last, but I'm afraid I'll have to keep the name. But business, it's still Mrs. McNeil. I think the doctor said the bad math was to be expected with her condition. That right, Chris? Lack of concentration was a symptom. Yeah, right. A symptom of her condition, her syndrome. Trouble was, they named a dozen syndromes. None of them explained it all. Then there was sullenness, tantrums, downright rages sometimes. Some pretty hefty adult language. But mm. the thing is, Father, it, it's difficult now to say just when it all started. Things that at the time seemed, well, not normal exactly, but... Like, uh, I heard noises one night, kind of uh, scratching in the walls in the ceiling. I thought it might be rats. Oh, I hate rats. We don't have rats, Sharon. When I went into Reagan's room, I felt freezing cold. I checked the window, shut tight. I touched her face, her hands, warm and cozy. Reagan was warm, but you felt cold. So it was my imagination, the neurotic mother? No, 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 I don't mean that. Father, the things we've told you so far, they're really mild. Look, that's Reagan, six months ago. She's lovely. Yeah, well, keep looking while you listen to this. It's a recording she made for her father around the, the same time. Hi, Dad. We're in Washington now, and it's a really old place, you know, history. All these monuments and wide avenues and pillars and, and stuff. And, uh, uh, ah, this is really, really weird. Um, I'm all dried up. Tell them what you've been doing, the places you've been. Well... We went into this graveyard, and it's as big as a city. Better stuff than that, Reagan. Oh, yeah. I've been on a horse. You have this huge, huge, great, beautiful horse. The man lifted me up and put me in the saddle. I was so high. It was so amazing and high. It was like I was flying. Can I have a horse, Dad? Mom says maybe next year. What do you, th what do you think about that? Six months ago. Jesus. My boyfriend works at a stable. He was training the horse. Now come upstairs. Meet her as she is now. It is quiet now, madam. Good. Carl, this is Father Karras. Father 
Carl Engstrom, my right-hand man. Hello, Carl. How do you do, Father? It is quiet now, but before, it did not want the straps. I know. You can go downstairs now. It demanded I remove the straps over and over. You're a wonderful, patient man. May I say something, madam? Of course. You are going in there, Father? Well, yes, I'd like to meet Reagan. It says terrible things. It calls me a Nazi. A murdering Nazi. I am Swiss, and I had family in Poland. The Nazis killed them. It tells terrible lies. All right, Carl. I'm so sorry. Go downstairs now. Uh, thank you, madam. Who tells terrible lies? Reagan. He calls your daughter it. Not really. You'll go in alone? That might be best. All right. I'll wait downstairs. I'll have a drink ready for you. Bourbon, okay? Hello, Reagan. Hello. Who are you? My name is Damien. Damien Karras. It's a funny name. I suppose it is. I'm a friend of your mother. She says you haven't been well. And maybe I can help. I hope so. I feel miserable. Can you tell me what's wrong? Well, my nose is really itchy and I can't scratch it. Could you loosen these straps? I don't think I can do that. Oh yeah, you can. It's easy. And I talk better with my hands. I've been in Italy a lot. Rome. I like to make gestures, you know. Gesticulate. That's uh, that's a fine word. Oh, I know tons. Oodles. But I think maybe you'd hurt yourself. There are marks on your face already. I could I could scratch your nose for you. Don't you dare touch me. All right. I could promise not to hurt myself. I could promise not to hurt you either. And do you always keep your promises? Oh, you got me there. Sly Damien. No, I tell lies all the time. <laughs> so I shouldn't believe a word you say. You can believe this. I'm not Reagan. Then who are you? I'm the devil. Well, if you're the devil, can you not just make the straps disappear? I said I'm the devil and not some cheap magician. You know, something's always puzzled me. Spirits, ghosts. They always announce themselves with silly tricks. A closet door opens by itself. A chair is discovered in the wrong room. Why not something more spectacular? Undeniable. Here's a puzzle for you. When Jesus came back from the dead, why didn't he walk into the temple and scare the shit out of the high priest? Or visit Pilate? Can you see his face? <laughs> What's he gonna do? Crucify Jesus all over again? But no, Jesus just turns up in secret to a few of his numbskull disciples. You call that spectacular? That's an interesting puzzle. For a 12-year-old kid. I could read your mind. Would that convince you? When I told that Nazi Angstrom about his club-footed daughter, he believed me. I saw his faith rise like vomit. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Think of a number between one and infinity. No, that wouldn't mean much. I've seen cheap mind-reading acts, too. Tell me this. If you're not Reagan, 
Where is she? In here. In where? In the piglet. Oh, is that all you want? Fine. You only had to ask, darling. It is a rather succulent suckling, and I do understand temptation. Just loosen the straps, and I'll up with the nightdress, spread the gams, and you can have a bit of stinky finger, or go the whole hog if you like, rut to your boorish heart's delight as long as you let me watch. I won't tell the sow. Promise. Who is the sow? You know damn well, the Hollywood whore, the one downstairs with the tumbler of bourbon in her shaky hands. Now come on, the straps. But if I undo the straps, that would be an act of charity. Would the devil want me to commit an act of charity? Feeble, char enough. This isn't a Sunday school debating club. Undo the straps, undo them, or I'll bring the whole damn house down on all your feeble heads. I'll bring the temple down. Now do it or I bring the fucking house down. <laughs> oh my. Oh my, oh my, oh my. You have the face of a choir boy who's been felt up by the Pope. We don't have much to fear from you, do we, my little morsel? When Jesus spoke about the destruction of the temple, Jesus! For Christ's sake, Karis, enough already about that Jew boy faggot. The man was a charlatan as well as a pansy. What's this? The adolescent thrill of blasphemy? <laughs> Did you do that? Did you? Sorry, what did you say, Damien, dear? The closet door, did you make it open? I may have done. My mind wanders. I get weary. It does take it out of a poor demon, this possession business. So now you're only a demon, not the devil himself. We're changeable. We're legion. We are many. See, the devil can quote scripture when it suits his purpose. Isn't that Shakespeare? What's this? There are as many devils here as slates on the roof. It's familiar. Here. Let me wipe your mouth. <coughs> oh. There. Just like we spat on your master. Oh, don't wipe it off. You should wear it with pride. A big, slimy badge of honor. For a priest. <laughs> oh, I know what you are, papist. Mumbo-jumbo hypocrite. I can smell it on you. Incense and guilt and piss in your pants. We've nothing to fear from you. Her facility with language, uh, the precocity, it's extraordinary. Was it sexual? Not just that. Biblical allusion, Shakespeare, and Martin Luther, I think. And the extent of her vocabulary, well beyond a 12-year-old. Prodigious. But yes, obscenity, blasphemy. Last week, I found her. I'm not sure I can tell you this. I need to know as much as I can. I found her masturbating. Uh-huh. This is really shocking, Father. I'm a priest and a psychiatrist. She was using a crucifix. <laughs> now I know what a Harvard and Bellevue priest looks like when he's had a shock. Mm. Have another drink? No, thanks. Thing is, we don't even know where she got it. No one in the house is Catholic. 
Sharon and Billy and Carl all swore they'd never seen it before. I need to know the history, the medical history, who she's seen and what the diagnosis was. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, madam. Oh, it's okay, Billy. This is Father Karras. He's here to meet Reagan. Hello, Father. This is Billy, my housekeeper. Hello. And the vegetables are delivered. May I put them away? Prepare some for tonight? Yeah, sure. Carry on. I'll get you the medical records. All right, that won't be easy. I'm a movie star, Father. Right. What tranquilizers have been tried? She's on Librium. What dosage? 400 milligrams. 400? In a day? One dose. It was the only way we could get the straps on her. Even then, it took three of us. Is she eating? Sustagen, mainly, through a feeding tube. She was in a clinic in Dayton for a month. They taught us how to use it and give injections. So, what about exorcism? Miss McNeil. Sorry, Mrs. McNeil. I can't try that without church permission, and they have very strict rules. There's a whole list of conditions that have to be met for true possession to be acknowledged. Like what? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, speaking in a language she has no knowledge of, knowing things she couldn't possibly, I really have no idea. I'd have to look it all up. Father, if you bought me Reagan's identical twin, or a, a fairy changeling, same face, same voice, same smell, I'd know it wasn't my daughter. That, that thing up there is not my daughter. She said something strange to me uh, about Carl. He warned you about the lies. Did she mention Burke Dennings? Dennings? Uh, what, the director? He was killed recently, was he not? An accident. Those long steps just at the side of this house. He was drunk and he fell. And Reagan's talked about him before. She didn't mention him to me. She had a kind of obsession about Burke. Thought he was more than my director, more than a friend. Where she got that idea, I do not know. But she had this weird resentment. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She said something about Carl's daughter. His daughter? Carl doesn't... Father, Villy here is Carl's wife. You don't have a daughter, do you, Villy? We had one. I didn't know that. We never mentioned her. She died long ago. I'm so sorry. It was long ago. Mrs. Angstrom, did you ever, or do you think your husband might talk to Reagan about your daughter? We never mentioned her. Forgive me. May I ask one more thing? Yes. Did your daughter have a club foot? Club foot? Was she born with a deformed foot, uh, twisted in some way? It's called telepase, I think. No, Father, she was born fine. Thank you. I'm sorry to ask. She had the polio when she was three. After that, the muscles in her left leg, they are weak. But uh, I never tell this to the child. For weeks, I tell nothing to that child. I'm not allowed. Come on, Villa. You know Carl would rather you don't go up there. Would rather I don't is not it. I'm not allowed. He thinks it would be too upsetting for you. I don't mind upset. I want to help. You do help Villa a lot. And... Oh. Forgive me, madam, please, but upstairs is your daughter. Maybe changed, maybe ill, damaged, but not a thing. She is yours. I'm sorry, Billy. She was a sweet child, father. I wish you could have met her. Yes, yeah, she was quite something. The mother, too. The Hollywood Pixies, they call them. Another drink, Father. No, thank you, Dr. Clark. Hey, Mickey, another scotch here. Just the one, but make it large. Huh? Did you see that? The uh, 
pixie magazine cover? I don't think I did. Mother and daughter together, glossy and grinning. The Hollywood pixies, same hairstyle, same toothy grins, even the same freckles. But in real life, father, in my real life, do you know what she called her mother? You ball-breaking, shit-faced Babylonian bitch. Babylonian? You're rich, huh? Nice alliteration. And not Tourette syndrome. Of course not. It's too considered. It's performed. And Mrs. McNeil didn't tell you about that performance? No. Thanks, Mickey. Yeah, two more for the road. I'm out of here. This time, I, I promise. Did she tell you when I first examined her daughter, she said, just keep your goddamn fingers away from my cunt? She was ill. She was a very sick girl indeed. And you have my records to prove it, huh? How do you manage that? The church in Hollywood working in mysterious ways? The church wasn't involved. I had a look at the EEG graph. Yeah, which was uh, regular. That's right. You were looking for a lesion or a tumor, some kind of brain damage, but you found nothing. No fluctuation in the graph at all. Isn't that strange in itself? <laughs> the whole case was beyond strange. The girl was already severely disordered when you ran these tests. No sign of brain malformation or injury. So... Her symptoms had to be some form of hysteria. Or heavy drugs. You know, that was my guess. Those two were Hollywood to the bone. But no tracer drugs. So, mental illness, hysteria. It's been found, Dr. Klein, that hysteria, severe hysteria, does show some fluctuation in an EEG graph. Minuscule, odd, but definitely there. Yet every test you ran shows nothing. I've looked very closely. <laughs> You know, looking too closely is bad for the eyes and bad for the soul. Who's that? It's just me. So, if not brain damage, not hysteria, what? I'm thinking about retraining. Retraining? As a surgeon. I know I've left it late, but I like to deal with just the flesh and the bone, cutting and sewing this general practice, this holistic approach, you know, dealing with the complete person, well, that means dealing with their minds, their personalities, it means looking at their humanity, you can only look at so much of that. I remember she had the most remarkable eyes, their gaze never left me. Even while she was in a trance state, her, her eyes never fully closed, never left me. But you're sure she was in a trance state? At the time, I was sure. But sometimes I have wondered. There are two things I wanted to ask you, Dr. Bowden. One is about the personality she displayed under hypnosis. Father Karras' personality isn't the word. She did sound older, more mature... But the notion Mrs. McNeil had of another personality having invaded her daughter, like some kind of medieval possession, I wasn't convinced of that for a moment. This, uh, this mature voice, did it claim to be someone else, someone inside Reagan? Of course, someone ancient as usual. But I don't believe in reincarnation. Do you? No. Only in resurrection. 
But maybe her performance has grown more skillful since I saw. Maybe. And that's the other matter I wanted to raise with you. One of the most astonishing aspects of her behavior is her knowledge, the vocabulary, her linguistic skill. Her talk is full of literary quotes and biblical allusion. I do marvel at the human brain. It is conceivable that this miraculous... I use the word loosely, Father, not in your specialized sense... This miraculous organ is capable of retaining everything it encounters. All it sees and hears and reads and experiences. All of it may be held somewhere in what Keats called the wreathed trellis of a working brain. Cryptomnesia. Just so. And if all this can be retained, in certain circumstances, it may be recoverable. One circumstance being hypnotic trance. Is it not Conceivable, but not desirable. I don't think I could allow you to put me into a trance in which I could relive my entire life. I wouldn't attempt it. I no longer practice hypnosis. Oh? I didn't know that. I am still a therapist, but talking cures only. I practice now in a very traditional way. The patient lies there on that couch, and I sit with my back to them and listen. That way I don't have to meet their eyes. I've developed an aversion to meeting people's eyes. If you're thinking about an exorcism, Karis, will it be in Latin, or are you one of these vulgar modernists? You prefer Latin? It is musical. Et nenas in ducas in tentationem, said, said. And ah, and ah, this is... Really, really weird. I'm all dried up. Said liber nos amalo. Thank you, Damien. Well done. Deliver us from evil. Any more? Looking for signs, are you? Quo vadis, modus operandi, et tu brute. French, soixante-neuf, la plume de ma tante. German, Donna und Blitzen, Auschwitz, Belsen, Dachau. Cat? <coughs> Sau? <coughs> But we really shouldn't be bantering like this. I'm serious now. Not a word of a lie. An exorcism might be a fatal mistake. For you, I mean. Why? Because you're not priest enough. You're only kind of a doctor. And you're not man enough. A kind of a doctor? It would kill you. I will kill you. I swear by the rusty nails of the cross. I'll destroy you, Karis. So for me, of course, an exorcism is a dandy idea. Get some meat between my canines. Why the tape machine? An interview? Excellent notion. You could make stars of both of us. Damien Karras, celebrity saint, and his lovely sidekick, Buxom Beelzebub. You know what this is, do you? It's holy water. The Pope's piss. Put it away, Karras. Latin's all very well, but please, not that medieval hogwash. In the name of the Father, Don't do that. and of the Son, Don't, please. and of the Holy Ghost. Ah! <laughs> Who are you? No one no one what language are you speaking? Tell me who you are. Philip Sponley. 
The microphone. Hold it close to her mouth. I'll try to keep her head still. God Almighty, Kara! Mrs. McNeil, please do it. It's important. You're killing her! You will not die! Trust me! I sprinkled some water on her. Water? You sure it wasn't acid? Well, I told her it was holy water. It was tap water. What's the difference? Holy water is blessed. Well, ain't it lucky? It doesn't help the case for possession. If the mere suggestion of holy water... What else might be mere suggestion? Suggestion? Hysteria. Insanity. The house is full of books. Is there anything here about possession, about the devil, something your daughter might have read? Oh, Reagan like books about ponies and girl detectives. Is, is there anything here? Well, there was one, but it was about witchcraft research. A movie that was being talked about, it fell through. Witchcraft? Maybe there was something in it about devil worship, uh, the devil? Maybe. Do you still have it? I haven't laid eyes on it for I don't know how long. It does that. Have a look for the book. And listen, like I told you, one of the acceptable signs of possession, uh, acceptable to the church, I mean, is the ability to speak a language the victim can't possibly know. That gibberish she was spouting? It had the cadence of speech. I have a friend in the Institute of Language and Linguistics. I'll let him hear the tape. That's pretty. The bells of hell go ting-a-ling-a-ling. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my troubles which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that lifts me up from the gates of death that I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. The heathen are sunk down in the pit they made, in the net which they made their own foot is taken. The wicked shall be turned into hell. At three laps I watched you run. I know you have. You're fighting fit. You box two Father Karras. Well, I used to. I thought so. You have to look. Where you hold yourself, with a little scar there. It's exactly like the one Brando had in On the Waterfront. Of course, Marlins was makeup. Made his eye droop a little. A melancholy look. People tell you you look like Brando. Did they tell you you look like Paul Newman? Never. But finally, at last, someone has noticed. Thank you, Father. But you're not Paul Newman, are you? No. Kinderman, William, Lieutenant. Detective, what can I do for you? You can talk to me a little. About what? Satanism. Well, of course. All right, if we walk, I don't want to cramp. Let us walk and talk together. The desecrations in the church. Correct. Obscenities, blasphemies, 
They were terrible. So I heard. I didn't see them. I did, father. I was sickened. I was angry and sickened. Now, who might do a thing like that? I ask you, because you're not only a priest, you're a psychiatrist, too. Who could do such a thing? Someone sick and angry? Someone involved in Satanism? Devil worship? It's possible. Black Mass? Well, I suppose there were echoes of Black Mass in the desecrations, but even so... You're looking for somebody uh, deeply disturbed, uh, psychotic, even. And I think you think you're looking for a sick priest, one who's angry at the church. Is it possible? Of course it is. But who might know of such a one? Who better to know than a priest who's also a psychiatrist and also, again, a counselor to other priests? Sorry, Lieutenant, I can't help you. Because you don't know, or because you won't tell? Well, there is the question of medical ethics, uh, not to mention the secrets of confession. Not to mention I could have you deported. Well, your power is greater than mine. I couldn't even excommunicate you. My guess is you're Jewish. So on, Father. Satanism. Psychotic behavior. Maybe ritual murder. What? Like the way Burke Dennings was killed. Dennings? He, uh, he died in a fall, uh, an accident. Is that what Mrs. McNeil told you? She's a lovely lady, is she not? Are you free of the risk of cramp now, father? Yes. Then may we sit down. Uh, Lieutenant Kinderman, Homicide Division. I should have said. Oh, my. Middle age. Backache, weariness of heart and lungs, what a life. You want to sit down? Mrs. McNeil, whom I met through a mutual friend, said Dennings was found at the bottom of those steps beside her house. He'd fallen all the way to M Street. Correct. You suspect he was killed? His injuries, Father, I had them here. And the eyesight, too. Middle age, who am I kidding? I'm old. Echimosis of the neck skin, shearing of potisma, sternomastoid, spleenus, trapezium, and other various muscles, fracture of the spine and shearing of the... Enough? The bottom line, Father, the terrible bottom line. Burke Dennings was found at the bottom of those steps, and his head had been turned completely around. It was facing backwards. I seek consolation more and more. I have none to offer, unless you convert. Movies, father. I seek distraction there. More than that, comfort, delight. Would you maybe like to see a movie with me sometime? Well, free. I get passes. I have them for Thursday night. Flesh and the devil. Maybe not the best choice. Who's in it? Unfortunately, not Garbo and Gilbert. It's the remake. Lucille Ball and Harbo Marks. I've seen it. Take this as best you can. You don't look like Brando. You look like Eric Bloor. You do not smile. Neither do you. Mrs. McNeil, whom you met through a mutual friend. That was a very formal way of speaking. Speak some more. 
But we told the lieutenant that Burke had been in the house that night. I know it was never a secret. And all our alibis worked out. Alibis? We don't need alibis, Sharon. He said the injuries were so severe, he couldn't see how even falling all the way down those steps could have caused them. He said it was impossible. Not impossible, but highly unlikely. Then what does he think did cause them? He said maybe if Dennings had fallen from a height first, and then down the steps. What height? From the roof of this house, or from a high window. But the only window... Reagan's window. Father, that window was closed and locked. The shutters, too. They are always so. And Burke had no reason to go up there. Unless to jump out the window. Is that what Kinderman thinks? He thinks, or suspects, or his pathologist does, that Dennings was killed by a very strong man and then thrown down the steps. He talked about enemies. Someone Dennings might have offended, abused... He was known to goad people when he was drunk, was he not? He was a torment to my husband. That is not important. He, he was only a, a drunk Englishman. He called my husband Himmler, Goebbels, a Nazi. The things Reagan called you, Carl. We are Swiss, and you are not very strong. You are strong, but you are not very. Did anyone ask Reagan if Dennings had been in her room? She wouldn't remember. She was heavily sedated. This is true. I know because back then I was allowed to see the girl. Kinderman knows I've been coming here. I just thought I should tell you. He may be watching the place, having it watched. Father, forgive me if you'll excuse the expression, but you're not here to be Kinderman's deputy. You're here to help Reagan. Oh, it's hard, Damien. It's so hard. It's actually sore. Heart and lungs gripe in the belly. But it's all just memory. How can memory make your stomach gripe? Like a cancer taking hold. Guilt, it's what it is. Guilt about what? Surviving. I came through it all. Here I still am. But I saw it all. What did you see? I heard it all. Schnell, you Jewish rat. Avanti, communist weasel. Ali V, gypsy scumbag, on the double shirt lifter, move your ass, nigger. They herded us into this place. I knew it. I knew it from when I was a kid. It used to be a gym. Boxing, you know. Jesus save us, the hoodlums are used to hang out there. But fighting was one way out of that slum. Or be a movie star, or a priest, maybe. But they didn't have punch bags and ropes anymore. The only thing left from the old days were the cockroaches. Survivors, like me. No pennants and gloves on the walls. Now they had meat hooks, and they had cattle prods, and they were laughing. How could they laugh, Dimmy? How could they douse a child in water and put a thousand volts into her armpits and laugh while they were doing it? What did you call me? How can one human being do that to another? Why do they do it? Because they enjoy it? It looked like they did. It sounded like they did. Screaming and laughing all mixed up, and I heard it all, Dimmy. Don't. Call me that. There was this old woman. I used to see her selling clothes pegs and plastic flowers. Now here she was, down on her knees, praying and praying. With every bless me, there were bubbles of blood in her mouth. Don't stop this. No, I won't. Stop it now. No, too late. It's too late to stop. We'll go on until the death. We'll kill you all. The piglet and you and the other one. What other one? Your brother. I don't have a brother. Your brother will be in pain. You'll share his pain. You'll meet the devil in him. 
in the jaws of hell, which is where you all belong. Look lively, lady! And do not feel our timbers a shiver! Put your back into it before we're sundered and sunk! I must be kept out of drafts! The captain said so. Two days, Joe. She lay there two days before they found her. You did all you could, Damien. Not enough. What else could you have done? I could have forced her out of that place. Made her come to Washington. Made her? Forced her? Your mother was the most stubborn woman on earth. She wouldn't even have a phone in the apartment. Apartment? Shithole. And she lay there two days. Here. Another. Actually, she was sitting in her usual chair with the radio on. Shivas Regal, how can you afford this stuff? I can't. I stole it. Father Dyer, whiskey thief. It was in the bottom drawer of the college president's desk. I mean, what an example to set. Our president drinking? So I relieved him of a great temptation. I am the good thief. I think that might be blasphemy. Forgive me, Father. And forgive me saying this. You look terrible. My mother just died. Before that, you looked terrible. Damien, what's happening in the McNeil house? You can't tell me? Try to tell me? I'll tell you this. When I got back from the funeral, I stood on the bridge out there, looked across the river. It was sunset. I used to do that a lot, stand there and watch the sunset. It was like communion for me. It was almost like bliss. For me, it's the isn't it a lovely day scene in Top Hat. There's no bliss anymore, Joe. It's just dying fire going down into dirty water. There's no communion for me anymore. Well, we could leave together. What do you mean? The priesthood. You, because of shaky faith. Me, for my own reasons. And what are they? Word has come down from the high echelons of the gay Politburo. Basic black is out. I reminded them of the subtle touch of a silver cross at the chest, but no, still frowned on. You are a man of sorrows. We're a sizable minority. <laughs> Don't you sometimes thank God and St. Ignatius for the vow of celibacy? I mean, dating must be a nightmare these days. Everyone, boys and girls alike, they're all so fashion-conscious. Frowning fashion fascisti. Well, that's enough booze for me. You too. Here, lie back. Uh, Joe, this has to be said. I am a straight celibate. <laughs> I knew that the moment I met you. Now lie back and think of angels and ice cream. What are you doing? I'm taking off your shoes. Father Dyer, shoe thief. Please thank the president for me, uh, for the whiskey. I'll do that. By the way, the Potomac is actually quite a clean river. And the flame wasn't dying, it's just that the earth turns, you see, and the sun seems to... Well, I'll give you some books on the subject. The light will be back tomorrow, almost certainly.
Astronomy and the church are no longer enemies. So rejoice in the Lord, for praise is comely. Praise the Lord, sing unto him. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully. For the word of the Lord is right. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Good evening, Mr. Engstrom. Lieutenant. Been to another movie? Uh, no, I have been on an errand for Mrs. McNeil. Shall I tell her you are here? It is very late. No need. It's you I came to see. About Burke Dennings. I did not know the man well. But he was abusive to you, was he not? Two different people have told me that. One was at a party here. She says his behavior towards you that night, her word was abominable. I am a patient man, Lieutenant. I know how to deal with uh, abusive drugs. Uh, sure, so let's talk about another night. The night he was killed. I have told you all I can. Tell me this. At the Crest Theater, did you watch King Lear till the end? All 137 dreary minutes? I would not say dreary, Lieutenant. Perhaps uh, austere. And you watched it all. And then you caught a bus just outside the theater, you got off at Wisconsin Avenue, then walked here. Arriving at 9.30. I have told you all this. Mr. Hankstrom, that night at the theater, there was a breakdown, a projection failure. The break lasted almost 20 minutes. If you watched till the end, the first bus you could have caught would not have reached Wisconsin Avenue until almost 10 o'clock. There's no way you could have been here by 9.30. Exactly 9.30, you glanced at your watch. That's what you told me. What do you have to tell me now? Mr. Engstrom, you have lied to me about your whereabouts on the night Dennings died. Where, in fact, were you? I was at the movies. Why were you fired from your employment with Dr. Halloran of Beverly Hills? I'm sure you know. Yes, I do. You were fired for stealing narcotics from his pharmacy. You've been doing that for months. At first, ordinary pilfering and then forging prescriptions. But Dr. Halloran dropped all charges. And within a fortnight, you were working for Mrs. McNeil. So the good doctor must have given you an excellent reference. Why did he do that? You must ask him. I did. He says he can't say unless you give him permission to speak. Or he served with a subpoena to appear in the same court as you. Does he have your permission? Are you going to arrest me? Good night, Mr. Engstrom. Dimmy. Why? Why you do this, Dimmy? Why you do this to me? I'm here two days. Why make me sit here two days? And the radio plays bad music, filthy music. Who changed the station? There are rats, Dimmy. The rats are coming in. I hate rats. On the floor, the walls, there are cockroaches. I hate them even more. So many, many rustling and clicking. And Mrs. Corelli's cats, all 18 of them. Can you smell them? Can you hear them? Damien, they're hungry. Listen, 
hear them at the door, scratching and hissing and scratching to get in. Exorcist by William P. Blatty was dramatized by Robert Forrest. Karras was played by Robert Glenister, The Demon by Alexandra Mathy, Reagan by Lydia Wilson, Chris by Teresa Gallagher, Kinderman by Carl Johnson, Dyer by Brian Dick, Carl by Gerard McDermott, Villy by Christine Absalom, The President by Paul Stonehouse, Dr. Klein by Ben Crow. Dr. Bowden by Sean Murray, Mary by Joanna Brooks, and Sharon by Hannah Wood. Music and sound design is by Gary C. Newman. The Exorcist is a BBC Scotland production, directed by Gaynor McFarlane.